Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Ryan Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome, everybody, to the newest episode of the Church of Roy podcast. I am your host, as always, Steve Dewald, the Blazers Edge. And in today's show, Brian is on his way to an avalanche game, so he was unable to record. So we are joined by Adrian Bernisich of Blazers Edge, our favorite man from Australia. Adrian, how are you doing today? I'm good, mate. Always a pleasure to join. Uh, and I'm in, enjoying the work that you guys have been doing, uh, going from strength to strength. Really enjoying. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. It's, uh, it's crazy that basketball is already here. We're already three games into the season. And that's what we're here to talk about today because it has kind of been, I don't even know if call it a mixed bag. Like it's basically been one thing. All these games outside of, you know, a furious fourth quarter attempted comeback has been pretty lopsided. All these games have been pretty one-sided one way or the other. So Kings game, the Kings control everything for three quarters. The Blazers try to rally back, fall short in the fourth quarter. Second game, Blazers absolutely blow the doors off of the Suns. And then the exact opposite happens against the Clippers, you know, one, one of the worst performances I've seen this team have in the Lillard era. And that is saying something as far as just being flat, not taking care of the ball, you know, 30 turnovers, one turnover shy of the franchise record. So pretty impressive display of how bad things went. So Adrian, before we kind of, let, let's try to shift positive real quick. Has there been anybody who has stood out specifically in the first run of three games or anything that the team is doing that is a sign of optimism, something that you're like, okay, this, if this continues, we might be off and running. Well, I think, I think we should probably start with the guy who, if not for Neil O'Shea, would probably be playing in Philadelphia at the moment. Um, CJ has been really good. He's he's playing Mm -hmm. like he was at the start of last season. Um, Mm -hmm he's he's the only one you can go to and 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 honestly trust that he's actually going to he's actually going to put the ball on the hood because for the life of me I don't know what's going on with Dame at the moment um Simons and little of the other two that 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 mm-hmm. stand out I actually I'm actually being pleasantly surprised with Zeller as well mm-hmm. um he he kind of fits the mold of a of a 
of a backup centre. He does. He, he ticks every box in that department. But Anthony is is where we'd hoped he would be. He's ticking all the boxes, and he's he's on that that increase in um, in production that we'd all hoped he'd, he'd be. And I think that after that first preseason game from Nas, we all thought, oh no. We're at where we, we could be up uh, we could be up for a bit of disappointment, but he has really, I think he's calmed down a bit, um, and he is really providing that energy off the bench. So um, probably those three: McCollum, Nas, and um, and Simons. We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you're in cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account and use the promo code SD, and your deposit will be risk-free. That means that even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Hey, I want to tell you guys all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there bright and early every Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it done, peeps. Yeah, as far as McCollum goes, again, common theme that you're going to run into, especially early on through the first couple of weeks, still really early to really jump into these sample sizes. But McCollum clearly, you know, trending towards a, you know, the 40, 50, 90 club, you know, 52% on his field goals, 48% on his three point shots and 100% from the free throw line. Just crazy numbers. His usage rate right now is over 30% through three games, averaging 27.3 points per game. We've seen him do this before. Like you said, the start of last season was on a blistering pace, playing really smart basketball, really exploiting matchups that he can inside the arc and really taking advantage of space given to him on the perimeter. I'm interested to see how long he can sustain this this time around. And, you know, like we've talked about over and over and over again, if this is sustainable into the trade deadline, you know, this could be something to watch or it could just be, you know, instead of just thinking about trades, this could lift the ceiling on this team, but some other things have to happen. As far as the young guys go, Nasir Little is playing with an incredible amount of energy. Um, sometimes it's a little out of control, but really for the most part, he's fighting for loose balls. He's getting to his spots. He's playing with confidence and that's huge for these young guys. It's something that Anthony Simons is doing as well. And especially as a primary ball handler, like you said, this is exactly where we want to see him. This is how we want to see him progress as a player. I am just curious to see if those two guys can keep it going as they, because they're going to start popping up on scouting reports. It's something I talk about over and over again with these young guys. I want to see how they react. Anthony's got a taste of it before, but the Sears never really gotten that. And I want to see what happens when an opposing team takes away the things he really likes to do or kind of picks up on one or two of his tendencies and gets in the way um real quick on zeller i think zeller's been good i think it's unlike some of the backup centers we've seen in years past i think zeller knows where to go on offense i know he knows where to go on defense um it's not always the prettiest and he clearly has a magnet in his face 
and he keeps getting hit in the face. It's ridiculous. I, th- I think he's taken some of the extra shots this year. Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, if, if this would we have to do to shield Nurk, I, I guess that's, that's what we got to do. Um, as far as, I think that's the, the positives we can hang our hat on right now. So let's just get into what has kind of been ugly through these first three games. Um, primarily, let's just go. I mean, you don't have to be a scientist to, or a statistician to look at Lillard's numbers. I mean, it is a small sample size, but to know that there's something seriously off here. He's only shot below his effective field goal percentage is only dipped below 50% one time in his career. Right now, it's sitting at... I had this pulled up earlier. It's not great. I, I know that much. Uh, this is great podcasting right here. I, I, think, um, I think he was, what, two from 25 from three and um, something from 50 um, for, from the field, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, when you total it all up in effective field goal percentage. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It's 38%. So like I said, he's never, he's hardly ever below 50%. Uh, let alone below 40%. So, you know, this isn't, he's going to snap out of it, but what concerns me and, and something I've seen pop up, a few, few people have mentioned it is his free throw. Uh, he's not getting to the line. And I wonder, you know, so much focus is on James Harden here and Trey young is Lillard suffering from the rule change here. Has it thrown it out of his rhythm? You think that has anything to do with this play on the perimeter? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of tending to think more towards the fact that he played for played in the Olympics in a shortened off, off season. Um, I heard our colleague Dan Morang talk about the ab issue the other day, and I thought, and I think that possibly has something to do with it. I'm not trying to make excuses for Damien because I don't think he would want to make excuses for it. I don't think he has thus far. But um, look, watching yesterday. I think I tweeted something along the lines of, has anyone thought about switching Dame (laughs) off and on? Um, There there isn't, there's something seriously wrong, whether it's physical or mental, I can't put my finger on it. Um, If it is physical, uh, to be honest, I'd rather him sit for a a week because Mm -hmm. him on the court missing shots is only hurting the team. And I hate to Mm -hmm. say that because I love Damien, but um, it's just, it's not pretty. Yeah, I I think... With him, it is concerning that he's not getting the free throw line. He does look out of rhythm. And we've seen, especially in that Phoenix game, use of Nurkic, which I'll get to in a second. <laughs> but one thing he has done is positive is he has created space. He, he has created a lot of screen assists. And we haven't seen Damian Lillard benefit from that when typically that is a bread and butter area for Damian Lillard. And it just hasn't quite pieced together. Um, 
I, I think the offense just feels different. And I think when you talk about these superstar scorers, so much of their game is, is a work of art. It's rhythm. And, and it's just, he's out of cadence right now is what it looks like for me. And I don't know if that's, you know, physical. Is there an underlying injury? Is it just exhaustion from a very long off season or, or does he just kind of got to get out of a funk? I don't know, but I am confident in Damian Lillard's work ethic that he will find a way out of this probably sooner rather than later. Is it, I mean, the, the other thought is it, is him trying to trying to adjust to Chauncey's new system? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that's the case, but it's something possibly to, to consider. And I mean, to be honest, we haven't really seen a lot, a lot of change in, in Chauncey's system, but there could be an element of that in it as well. Yeah. I, I think it's a couple of that. I think that's certainly part of it. And I think, you have to find your rhythm, especially in a new system. And what the Blazers have done very poorly so far this year is been able to generate multiple looks on one set. So just looking at cleaning the glasses numbers for this team, they're in the bottom five in the league as for offensive rebound percentage. So they're just not generating second looks. And then the more staggering number for me is 15% of all their possessions right now are ending in a turnover. So their turnover percentage is higher than it always is. I mean, when you look at, if you're familiar with cleaning the glass, blue is bad, uh, gold, like an orange is really good. Last year, number one in turnover percentage on offense. This year, you know, considerably worse, bottom third of the league. So certainly, you know, if you throw out the cat, the Clippers game, this turns around pretty quick, but um, it's, it's really ugly right now. And I think he, they just have to find a way to get some consistency on offense and get him into his rhythm mainly. So of the new, of, of the other players outside of Dame, what have you made of what Yusuf Nurkic has done? And it can, some of it can be positive. Some of it obviously is probably going to be negative. What, what have you seen so far through three games? We have a new sponsor that you guys are going to love. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win, you're in cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 7,000 plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com. To create a free account and use the promo code SD and your deposit will be risk-free. That means that even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Hey, I want to tell you guys all about the brand new app we've been using here on the Church of Roy called Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is a live, audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there bright and early every Saturday at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it done, peeps. Not a lot that excites me. Uh, I think... Like the first game, I think the fir- the first half of the first game, he was quite good. He was going strong to the he was going strong to the rim. He was passing well. Yesterday, last night was just unbelievably bad. I, the, the 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 lazy passes. The I mean, I think he was he would have been responsible for a lion's share of those turnovers. The laziness, mm. the bad body language. Like for for a guy who's in a contract year. For a guy who, I mean, we've all read that that Jason Quick piece a few a few weeks mm. ago talking about how he's got this renewed love of the game and him and Chauncey on the, are on the same page. 
it's as if if it's this this is an extension of last season because um, I don't think much has changed and it, it's really frustrating because we all love Nurk and we all know what he's capable of but it's all above the shoulders with him and it it's really really frustrating. Yeah, it, last night was there were some passes that I just. Like, you know, if I did that in my glory days of middle school basketball, I would be immediately benched like there are just very lazy or, or I don't know, just no zip, no sense of urgency on his entry passes when he's playing in the high post. I mean, just lobs directly to the opponent, which you just can't have, especially when you already have a bunch of turnover issues. I will say this. I do think he is in good shape. I think. He has been, by design, active on defense. We've seen him play higher than we've ever seen. Just, I mean, it's still not, you know, switch everything, guard everybody. But it's, you know, he's active on defense. Um, Against the Suns, the screen assists were working. The guy knows how to create space and pick and rolls. He's just, like you said, it's above the shoulders with him a lot of the times. At least that's what it appears to be. And hopefully he doesn't dig himself into a hole here where he's got to climb his way out into a contract year. I mean, he's already in the contract year, but to mm. crawl out into a favorable position. As I mean, he, made, as- he made Zubats look like Will Chamberlain at stages last night. It was just, it was, it was nuts. It was he made, he made Zubats look like Yusuf Nurkic pre leg injury yeah. that season. Like, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, you know, just a, having a presence in the center of an offense and really just making smart, smart plays and really just the gravity that that position can create. And we've seen Yusuf Nurkic do that. It just hasn't, hasn't come together in some of these games we've seen so far. Um, as far as the team and as far as the defensive scheme goes, I, you, t- you said the phrase earlier, and I think it really it hits home here. It's an, it's, it's an extension of last season. I mean, we're seeing one of the common themes over the years was when someone plays this Blazers team, you have a perimeter player that all of a sudden has like a career night. We saw Harrison Barnes look like Larry Bird, and we saw Luke Kennard look like Reggie Miller last night. So like these are, <laughs> these guys are having career nights. What has blown my mind is I understand playing help defense clogging the paint, but the Blazers are just consistently so deep into the paint and away from the arc that – you know, I mentioned this in my re- quick recap last night. The Clippers are always one pass a- or last night were always one pass away from a wide open shooter. I just don't see how, you know, you came in for accountability for defense to fix this with the personnel in place. And it certainly hasn't looked like it's changed at all. And I know it's early, but what are you seeing on the defensive end? Uh, I'm seeing players run for closeouts on every possession. I'm seeing wide open opponents um, and, and yeah, watching Co- Covington and Little try and chase down three-point shooters. But uh, if you asked me this question two days ago, I would have told you the defense looks fantastic. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we quelled Phoenix and um, uh, Mikhail Bridges couldn't really get on, on his game and CP only took six shots and Devin Booker wasn't quite there. So... It is, it's it's Jekyll and Hyde. And, and look, I, I don't know whether the, the Phoenix game was more Phoenix just missing as opposed to good defence. Um, but, yeah, I, look, for, for all the talk about defence over the summer, I'm not, seeing, I'm not seeing a lot that's different. 
I'm saying, I mean, it's, it's, it's marginal. And I guess we are, as you say, three games into the season. Um, it, it's going to take a while. Let's hope not too long for this team to kind of play the way they're supposed to be playing. But I think it, I think more, more change is definitely needed. Yeah. And I don't want to make excuses for anybody or, or, you know, give them a free pass or anything, but like you said, three games. Also, the other thing too, that we have to mention is Norman Powell left early in the Suns game. He's a huge part of what they do as far as a two-way player. Um, Thankfully, it does look like he's avoided major injury, but he has the equivalent uh, of like tendonitis in his knee, jumper's knee, I think is what they slang term for it. Mm -hmm. So hopefully he'll be back, but Nasir Little has stepped up into that role. Um, The other thing, and Brian kind of, we've been joking about this, but if you watch the post-game clip uh, after Chauncey Billups' win, they were very excited for him, you know, but also, I felt like they were equally excited when Chauncey Billups announced that they were flying to L.A. in the time and there was clearly no practice involved. So I don't, I don't want to say what happened. I don't want to speculate. But these guys might have tied one on on Sunday night and really got after it. It might have been a little – I don't know. I, I didn't think of that, but that, that's actually that's, – that's good sleuthing there, Steve. That's, that's interesting. I mean, I, I want to give Brian big credit for that. That was something he instantly pointed to. But, again, you don't want to make excuses – um, but, but as far as like what this team does defensively, as far as being conservative, some certainly that hasn't changed another year is certainly, I mean, only three games, but they're not forcing teams into turnovers. Um, teams are shooting great against them. Opponent effective field goal percentage against them right now is 56.6%. Uh, not great that you don't want the number that high. That's 27th in the league. Um, allowing 113.4 points per 100 possessions. Another thing that's just not great, this defense, that's firmly in the bottom five of the league again. Granted, three games, there's going to be some growing pains. But let's face it, it wasn't Paul George who was hot that beat them last night. It was sloppy play. And this is a team that is missing one of their superstar players in Kawhi Leonard. And again, you made Luke Kennard look like Reggie Miller, and that is a problem. Um Anything I will, I, I'll go ahead. I will, say, I will say that, and I want to give credit to Nick Batum because mm-hmm. a lot has a lot has been said about Nick from from a lot from a lot of Portland fans since he's gone. I thought he did a really good job on. I mean, Dane wasn't hitting shots regardless, but I thought he did a really good job on Dane um, for most mm-hmm. of the night. And I think something must have gone really bad in Charlotte because he he was a shadow of what he is now and what he was before. He went to Charlotte. And I was, I was really, I mean, objectively, just looking at the team last night and thinking, geez, he's, he's really kind of, he's really re, um, reinvented himself mm-hmm. on that end. And I thought he did quite a good job as a, as a point of attack defender. You know, what's funny is, you know, he looked good on Dame. And I think Dame can kind of be a little, pre- like, predictable in a good way. Like, Dame is, you're there, I'm going to get to there, mm-hmm. and I'm going to score on you. That's typically how he operates. Nick Batum did well against him, obviously. The the numbers weren't great for Dame. Nick Batum did struggle on C.J. McCollum, and I think C.J. McCollum is like, I think if you're an over-35 defender in the NBA, I think C.J. McCollum's probably got to be near the top of the list of a player you don't want to see, like coming off a switch. I mean, what he did to Dirk Nowinski, you know, a few years ago will live on forever when he had him totally spinned around. He had a couple close moments like that with Nick, last night um but yeah i I think nick batum 
I think he was just in an, uh, a situation in Charlotte where that team was kind of in a weird spot and he was given a huge contract. And we've seen this over and over again in Portland specifically, where once that money gets a tie to your name, that money becomes a bigger deal than your play on the court. And, and it plays such an outsized role comparatively. So, you know, I, Nick Batum is definitely in a better spot now, mm. especially at the tail end of his career. Yeah. Um, Anything else from the first three games that you want to touch on that we might have glossed over before we look at a, a story that popped up? Um, I, I, I just want to comment on Nas in the starting, starting lineup. I think it's important. I think that was the right decision. And I think that gives Nas – Nas has already had a decent enough start. And I think inserting him into that starting lineup helps him um, – obviously gives, gives him that, that, that um, increased – motivation to kind of keep on progressing like he has been and I've mm. been I mean obviously it's only been the one one and a half games really but I've really liked him in that position and I think if he can again kind of control that 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 chaos mm-hmm. um that, that way he plays I I think not obviously he's not he's not the he's not going to start when Norman comes back but um it's just going to help him become uh, a, a more a more efficient and a more um, reliable uh, player on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I think what it opens the door for down the road is potential for for rest for Norman Powell, for for CJ McCollum, for Damian Lillard as the season goes on. Um, can we? I'm going to pause for one second. So yeah, not not that the Blazers are going to need rest, but. They certainly haven't been in a position before, but if the season does, they do get hot and they're sitting pretty as far as their playoff positioning goes. Having Nasir Little being a serviceable small forward um, opens things up to get these guys rest as the season goes on. It's also injury insurance. It, it helps that, you know, Cody Zeller in the post, Nasir Little on the wing, and Anthony Simons in the backcourt. You have three guys that certainly look as of right now that can play spot duty or in the case of, Ant and Nasir, they're growing into being a starting caliber type player. So, you know, it is that is one of the, I think the most encouraging things from these first three games outside of, you know, CJ McCollum going out of this world. But I do want to preface CJ's run as far as I think a lot of it is happening in the vacuum of what's going on with Damian Lillard. He's, he's filling that void. So it'll be interesting to see how those two coexist and how much he plays with the ball in his hands when Dame is more in rhythm, but yeah. Yeah. With the blade. Now I want to move on now to real quick to a former blazer that, you know, Carmelo Anthony now with the Lakers. Um, Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of him or heard of the blazers judging by how some of this stuff went down on social media, but uh, Carmelo Anthony is now ninth on the NBA all-time scoring list. Um, There was a story in ESPN and just how it was framed and how it was it was tweeted was basically they're going back to the storyline of nobody wanted this guy two years ago. Um, you know what, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, now he's back. The Lakers have rejuvenated his career. And like, you know, obviously Blazers fans picked up on this, like, you know, we, what was the last two years in Portland, you know, like, so did, did you catch this story or have any thoughts on it so far? I saw, I saw the McMenamin tweet and I, um, I was a bit bemused because I do distinctly remember Carmelo playing in Portland for, for, for a couple of years. I, I, I was about November 
15 or 16 where he first signed with Portland. Uh, mm. I'm pretty sure he played a, a played a key played played a lot of minutes, probably more minutes than he probably should have in Portland. Um, mm. And I do remember Neil O'Shea talking about Melo's legacy. So I think clearly that they don't get O'Shea um, O'Shea transmissions down in LA because he. Uh, during his time in Portland, Olsha has spoken ad nauseum about Carmelo Anthony and his legacy that's being that, that was rejuvenated in in the Pacific Northwest. Great that he's in LA now, but uh, I don't know whether he's in LA without his two years stints with the Blazers. Yeah, and, and just to defend the story a little bit is, uh, you know, Anthony Davis did mention the Blazers. So his quote in the story said, "A couple of years ago, nobody wanted him." He was counted out, doubted, and he stayed the course, stayed a professional and got a shot in Portland, made a name for himself again. And he's here now and he's doing the same thing. So the quote goes on a little bit, but it's not like all the Lakers are acting like the the Blazers don't exist. Um, I I think some mellow and Laker fans might be trying to do that, but Mm -hmm. certainly, you know, the players are acknowledging this. So with that said, quick show today, Adrian, I appreciate you hopping on short notice. Um, Adrian, anything you want to plug before we go? Um, I, I will do it real quick. Um, Adrian's angles is a must read every week. Uh, you know, you put that on the site every weekend. Uh, if you haven't caught it, work it into your routine. It's a, it's a good viewpoint of of what's going on. Thanks, Steve. Um, and just on Twitter, uh, a Bernisic at a Bernisic, um, I'm trying to be a little bit more prolific these days, but it up and with time differences in uh, in the states compared to Australia, sometimes it can be tricky. Um, but I appreciate you having me on stage. Yep, thank you, um, everybody. You know what to do: rate, review, and we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod, and be sure to check out our live show on Spotify Greenroom every Saturday, bright and early, at 8 a.m. Pacific.